Hello, everyone. My name is JB with MBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky nestled in the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Wednesday, September the 20th, and uh, really looking forward to talking with Randy again for our weekly world events update. I'll bring Randy on here in just a moment, but wanted to just give you a quick update. You know, we've uh, posted our conference messages from this weekend. We had a fantastic time up in Fort Collins, Colorado at the Solid Bread Conference. I was privileged to be uh, there with uh, Dr. Randall Price and uh, Bill Salas, uh, two good friends of mine, and had a wonderful time of fellowship and a great crowd. And uh, uh, we were just privileged to be a part of it. We did post uh, all three of those videos over the weekend, so you can watch the videos at notbyworks.org of, of my messages. The conference itself is going to be making all of the uh, messages, including the Q&A, uh, available here in the coming uh, weeks or so, co co hopefully in the coming week, and we will link up to that at our website when that happens. But in the meantime, we also used those messages as podcasts, since I was kind of out of pocket and preoccupied with the conference. We weren't able to do some new podcasts. So we just used those as podcasts. And hopefully uh, you've seen those posted Sunday, Monday, and yesterday on Tuesday. Uh, but uh, we're privileged to have Randy on today to talk about World Events Update. And I want to just mention a quick update about the book. Um, it's amazing how God is really opening doors for Spirit of the False Prophet, Rise of the Global Technocracy. Um, we've already sold copies in all 50 states and four countries, uh, and we haven't even started shipping inventory yet. We get our inventory this week, and as promised, um, when we when we released the book on September 1st, we said uh, back then that we would ship our ship orders by September the 25th, and it looks like we're going to actually be a couple of days ahead of that. So if you've been waiting on your book, uh, thanks for your patience, uh, but uh, we should have them shipped out to you. Uh, certainly a couple of days before the 25th, we hope, and then you'll you'll get them shortly thereafter. Uh, we are prioritizing, of course, the early orders that came in, and then we'll uh, ship the uh, orders that came in after that. Uh, but continue to spread the word. You know, it's uh, as I've been talking to other prophecy experts and and different colleagues and friends in ministry, I'm just getting a sense that. Time is short, and that there is a real heaviness in the air uh, in terms of uh, technology and AI and things happening that we don't even know about. On uh, Friday this week, I'll be uh, talking with Shane about the hidden dangers of AI, and I'm uh, really looking forward to that one. But uh, Spirit of the False Prophet uh, kind of goes where a lot of books dare not go, and we we really talk not only about the, the role of the future false prophet, but how the stage is being set today with technology uh, to pay the way for this uh, global technocracy. So uh, spiritofthefalseprophet.org, you probably know that URL by now, but let me mention it again. Spiritofthefalseprophet.org is where you can read the entire preface, uh, check out the entire table of contents, including the subsections of each chapter, and uh, you can also purchase the book there uh, if you are interested. We're getting great reviews from our new online store. Uh, and most of you know that last week we, had a, we were kind of swept up in a uh, global glitch with Square, and uh, so they were down for 18 hours, uh, affecting uh, thousands of merchants, and we were part of that. So that prompted us to kind of do something that's been on our list for about a year now, and that is to investigate uh, an upgraded store platform, and uh, praise God for Brooke. She did all the legwork and and then did the migration, and we launched our new store last week. It's uh, 
uh, notbyworks.org slash store will get you there. Uh, and it is amazing. So many more options and opportunities. You can purchase streaming content as well as uh, physical content that needs to be shipped all in the same order. Uh, you can... Uh, uh, just just a lot of great uh, blessings uh, from that uh, from that new store. So that's where you will be directed if you decide to check out the new book and as well as all of our other uh, content. Uh, and then other than that, just uh, want to mention I'll be back in the pulpit this weekend at Plum Creek Chapel, continuing our series uh, through the book of Nehemiah. And we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 11 uh, this uh, coming uh, Sunday. So if you're in the Denver metro area, come out and see us. If not, you can live stream uh, the message from the 10 o'clock service at notbyworks.org. So before I bring Randy on, uh, I was reading in Proverbs uh, chapter uh, 19 today, and a, uh, a passage kind of jumped off the, the page at me, as it often does, and that's Proverbs chapter 19, verse 22. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. The Lord's counsel, that will stand. And as is often the case, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, when you're reading God's Word, you start to cross-reference and you start to think of another passage that comes to mind, and then you you, you run that down, and then that leads you to another passage, and you run that down. And, and I ended up in Psalm 33, an anonymous psalm, uh, verses uh, 10 through 12, where we read, The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, echoing what we just read in Proverbs 19. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. Of course, in that context of Psalm 33, it's talking about the nation of Israel, God's chosen nation. But uh, we, we know from other passages that uh, you know righteousness exalts any nation. And uh, so to the extent that uh, you know a, a people group and a nation are following God's way and God's will, uh, it's going to go well. When they depart morally from God's standard, then it does not go well. But the, the key thing that I really was focused on as I was thinking about these passages is that, that that first part from Proverbs 19, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. And then in Psalm 33, verse 10, the count, verse 11, rather, the counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. And it's just comforting to know at a time when things are so rapidly changing and so much is up in the air and so much is unreliable, frankly, we just can't really trust hardly anything anymore. It's so difficult to tell truth from falsehood. It's comforting to know that we have an immutable God whose counsel never changes. And that led me to Isaiah the prophet, Isaiah chapter 46. Uh, what a great prophet uh, prophecy, uh, you know, of old. Isaiah, of course, prophesied roughly eight centuries before Christ, uh, during the time when the northern uh, uh, region of Israel uh, was uh, carried off into captivity by the Assyrians. Um, and uh, and so Isaiah has so much to say about both, you know, the first advent of Christ and his virgin birth, as well as the the uh, tribulation period and all that's going to be going on during the day of the Lord's wrath. And then, of course, the, the kingdom age, uh, just and even the eternal state there at the end of the of the book. But in Isaiah chapter 46, uh, the prophet is making the argument that that God, Yahweh, is superior to all the pagan gods. And that would include, of course, Lucifer, who is the, the ultimate pagan god 
uh, under whom all other pagan gods throughout all time in human history uh, come. You know, they're, they're under his umbrella. All the Babylonian gods, the Roman gods, the Greek gods, all of these false gods, they're all satanic, and Satan is the ultimate leader of them all. And the prophet here in Isaiah 46 is making the point that Yahweh is superior to all of them. He's kind of expanding on what he had said uh, back in Isaiah, the, the previous chapter, verses uh, chapter 45, verse 20, uh, when he says uh, essentially that, you know, any God that a people need to carry is <laughs> not going to save you. And, and these wooden images, these carved images that they may carry around or wear around their necks and those types of things, they're nothing compared to the living, breathing, almighty God. And so listen to what we read in Isaiah 46, beginning in uh, verse 8. Remember this and show yourselves men. In other words, be a man. <laughs> Take courage, be strong, uh, show yourselves to be men. Recall to mind, O you transgressors, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. You know, God throughout history has shown us in his word how history would unfold well before it happens. I, I can think of the prophet Daniel and how he, uh, you know, years in advance explained how uh, the, the Greeks would come and the Romans would come and so forth. Um, and, uh, you know, all of God's revelation in his word is in perfect harmony with his purpose uh, to, to carry out his plan of the ages for all mankind. And uh, so, uh, he, that's why the prophet Isaiah here is saying, remember the former things of old. God has proven himself faithful before and trustworthy, and he is doing it again. And then verse 10, Isaiah 46, verse 10 says, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. This is what God declares. We know what the end of the story is. We read about it in the Bible. We read about it in the book of Revelation. I spent some time studying Revelation 17 and 18 uh, in preparation for a phone conversation I'm going to have with a, a friend and colleague. And by the way, I'm going to be doing uh, the next episode of Dr. Hickson Answers Your Questions tomorrow. I should have mentioned that, but that'll air uh, tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, we, we we learn a lot in the book of Revelation about uh, things that are not yet done, but they will be done because as Isaiah 46, 10 goes on to say, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. God is going to do exactly what he says he's going to do. Right now, for reasons known only to God, we're seeing uh, what appears to be chaos, which, of course, God is the not the author of confusion. Satan is. God is the God of order. And so that Satan and his earthly co-conspirators are using chaos to try to pave the way for this coming one world system politically, religiously, and economically. And it seems like things are askew and hard to understand, but take uh, take comfort in knowing that nothing is confusing to God. Things are falling right into place. And uh, Satan, you know, he'll have his day in the sun, but boy, it will be short-lived and, uh, and Christ will reign supreme. And so today's the day to get your spiritual house in order, uh, to make sure that you know the Lord Jesus Christ by grace through faith, that you've trusted in Jesus, the Son of God who died and rose again as the only one who can save you. And if you're already a believer, then today's the day to strengthen that faith, to stay rooted in the Word of God. And something tells me, as always, week to week when we talk with Randy, we're going to need 
a boost of faith to handle all of these crazy things that are coming down the pike. Randy, great to have you back with us. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, welcome back to the program. Thank you, sir. Well, you know, I always like to start everybody's day off correctly. So we've got all kinds of good things. Some you probably heard, some you probably haven't heard. And if you want to go jump in a hole after we're done, I would certainly understand that. Because today, <laughs> I got to tell you what, I have not seen chaos and things out of control as they have been in the last few days like this ever. So we'll get started and away we go. All right. First, a big thank you to Shane, Matt, Rod, Eric, and Jason. I tell you what, they provided me some good information this week because I've been gone a few days and they keep me abreast and um, keep me advised. So let's let's just start with the semi-good stuff first. And this is the only thing that's semi-good. As a retiree, uh, somebody on Social Security, it looks like your um, cost of living allowance for the next year will be 3% to 3.2%. Now, inflation is running 15% to 16%. So you're going to fall behind again. And that's not the worst news from the Social Security Administration. Uh, Somewhere over the last few years, they have made a $60 billion error. If you're on SSI or Social Security, they have paid out excess benefits. They have miscalculated some of the uh, information they had. And this $60 billion, they're sending out letters and they want it back. Now, they're going to give you 30 days to give it back. Uh, I know one lady that got a letter. They wanted $126,000. They gave her 30 days. She oh. sold her house. She got rid of her cash. And she's broke. And she's destitute. Mm. But they're serious. They're they're not joking around. Same as the IRS. Uh, IRS is having every tax return reviewed by AI. to be kicked out to a human handler if there is any discrepancy whatsoever. So if you got a dollar and 50 cent uh, interest payment from your bank and you didn't claim it, you're going to get a letter Mm -hmm. or a visit. One of the two. If you are uh, a sole proprietor, if you work on the side, whatever, if you make any deposit in a bank, they are now all being reviewed by the Internal Revenue Service. Used to be 10000 above, they'd look at it. Now they're looking at everything. So just mm-hmm. beware. Uh, Uncle Sam is watching. He's watching carefully, and he's coming for every cent he can get because they're broke. They've been broke. And what can I say? Is, is, is that really what it's about, though, just that they're broke? Or is this sort of a, uh, a tyrannical shift where they're just coming after people, you know, full-throated? And Because, I mean, there was a time when, you know, being poor at least had the benefit of, you know, you're kind of off their radar. But now if they're going after people that, you know, are really not that well off and not, don't owe that much and, and so forth, if they're lowering their threshold of things that they're focusing on below the $10,000 transaction mark, that tells me this this might not be so much about money, because if it was about money, they would go after the the deep pockets. But uh, I think this is just a sign of that coming uh, tyranny that we've been talking so much about. What do you think? Oh, that's definitely part of it. But there's 1,600 millionaires in the United States that they have already pegged. You're going to get a special visit. Hmm. Now, they're going to send you a letter and say, You're going to have an audit. They're going to come in and do a full audit because there's 1,600 of them that they know that have actually committed fraud on their 
tax return. Yeah, you're so, you're you're probably on that list of sixteen hundred. What did that letter look like? <laughs> I am so far from that list that uh, you know I'm more like the poor guy that probably forgot a dollar fifty you know interest payment from the bank. Right. So I'm pretty about that. Our podcast causes me more pause than do the taxes. I have to mm. be honest. Mm. Yeah. That, well. Uh, that can know, be interesting. Well, every time I get an email from uh, the IRS, I just uh, have an autoresponder set up that says, please contact rmensa57 at aol.com. And uh, <laughs> so you're welcome. And that's fine, because as soon as I get it, I will refer them. And remember, I have your address and your phone number. <laughs> My so secret it'll be address. automatic referral. And yeah. the nice thing is, if they collect from you, I would then get 29%. So- if the error is big, thank you in advance. If it's small, well, I did my best. Okay? Well, come on, they can you know that you can't get blood out of a turnip, so they can uh, they can try all they will. But yeah, yeah, that address that's a pretty powerful piece of information to have because as uh, most of our listeners probably know, we have an undisclosed address, and uh, uh, I mean, obviously, if someone was determined to find us they could probably track us down somehow but we uh we've been off the grid for a while and um and and so uh yeah i'll have to you you have a lot of leverage there but you don't need it because i love you brother yes well and ditto the thing is there are things that will go to my grave that would be one of them now i don't know how about the torture thing i don't know how i would take that but i won't give in in the first five minutes well, how do you feel? How do, how do you feel about your fingernails anyway? Are you fond of I'm them? I'm not worried about my fingernails. I've heard they do some other things. Oh, so brother. fingernails, you know, I'll clip them short. They'll have to work at it. Now, I have talked to my friends in high places, low places, whatever. Talked to three economists. I have talked to two, um, what I want to call them, analysts or, you know, really up on all of what's going on in the economy. So I'm going to give you some facts and figures, which should make your hair stand on end here pretty quick. All right. This was prepared by one of our financial advisors. All right. We are now $17.1 trillion in household debt for the Americans. Record $12 trillion in mortgages, $1.6 trillion in auto loans, $1.6 trillion in student loans, $1 trillion in credit card debt. The average house payment is about to hit $3,000 a month for the first time in history. Mm. Oil prices are up 40% in three months. Mortgage rates hit 7.5% and credit card rates are at a record 25%. There are 20,000 automobiles being repossessed every month and it's going to get worse. The credit card debt people are behind on these student loans, we won't know until the end of the month because that's when the first payments will be due. But all I can say is this is this is going to be ugly, and you'll see why as we go along. Bitcoin puts out 2,700 blocks that you can purchase every year. Now, those blocks are filled. There are no more to purchase. If you have an account or if you buy somebody's account, you can add to it. Otherwise, they're accepting no more. So BlackRock has closed their Chinese equity fund after Congress started looking into it. Um, one thing that really bothered me, we, we talked a lot about Fed now and CBDC the end of last year, first part of this year. Now, if we recall, Citicorp did not take part in that experimental part. 
Citicorp is now digitizing all deposits. You give them cash, it goes into digital so that they can deal with foreign countries, foreign governments, whatever. They are the first, but you're you're probably looking at no more checking accounts and no more cash transactions sometime in the next couple of months. The M1 bank basically said no more checking accounts as of October 31st. JP Morgan has looked at it and said, we really like what they're doing. So they're probably going to go the same route very soon. Mm. So the days of having cash are going to be tough because a lot of these banks don't have cash to give you. And it's all going to be digitized and it's going to be electronic. And if you don't like it, they don't care. Uh, Citicorp, JP Morgan, two of the largest of the top five banks, um, they're going to hold a lot of sway over a lot of people and it's going to get ugly. All right. Google. The founder, Larry Page, admitted the other day that they are trying to create God through AI. He said, let's just be honest, that is exactly what we're trying to do. And he believes with artificial general intelligence, uh, he can accomplish that. And he said AGI will be present very soon. Now, you might ask Shane, when you have your podcast with him this weekend, how close they are. Because when Paige says it's very soon, is it a month? Is it a year? Where is it? But when he says it's very soon, I have to think we're probably closer than we think we are. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. Um, but what's interesting, and, and not to get too far afield of our world events update, but you know, I know you you have quite an interest and in expertise in technology too. You know, to some extent, it almost let me see how to say this. It's almost irrelevant whether they get to AGI or not artificial general intelligence because deception is so powerful that they can feign artificial general intelligence without really having it. And I'm not sure that we will be able to tell the difference. Um, in other words, AI in the hands of the Luciferians is a weapon. It is a formidable foe in and of itself. And even some Luciferians are out there now talking about how it can go rogue and they can't control it. And has it crossed the Rubicon? And, and I talked about all of that uh, at my messages this weekend in uh, Fort Collins. But even apart from the dangers that AI uh, poses itself, it, it can be weaponized by you know intentional use by the, the bad guys. Uh, in such a way that even though it it's not you know total totally sentient and, and you know has become has transcended humanity the way they want it to someday uh, they can it can still do quite a bit of damage so I don't know well I'll have to get uh, get Shane's take on all that yeah because I try to stay out of his wheelhouse because you've got him on regularly he can answer all of that stuff and it saves me hours of research so it's a it's a beautiful thing all the way around um. The United Auto Workers have a bunch of people on thousands on strike at all three manufacturers. They're thinking about it, making it union wide. Now, the problem with that is if there are 20,000 cars and trucks being repossessed every month, inventory is being given back to the manufacturers. They go on strike. They may leave them on strike forever and save a bundle of money. It's the same way with the, uh, not United Artists, but all of the uh, TV personalities that are on strike. Um, you know, considering what they're putting out, I don't see that as a problem. If they take a semester, 
or a year off. I mean, maybe we get back to Andy Griffith and the good stuff. I don't know. Yeah, don't. But I wouldn't anyway. hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I have TV land, right? I miss Mayberry, you know. I do, too. i got to tell you, I never thought I'd say that, but I do. Um, if you've noticed Mr. Biden, he is going downhill very quickly. Hmm. Uh, he's stuttering. He's stammering. He's saying, I'm not in control. I'm just reading what I'm supposed to. He's a public embarrassment. I'm thinking maybe the Luciferians, the globalists, whatever, are just about done with him. And they're getting really ready to make a move and get him out of there. Hmm. He's, a, he's an embarrassment. Uh, I don't know that he could even carry out their wishes anymore. And so we have Kamala Harris, which I know gives us all just a, a breath of relief. The wrong fuzzies, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't think of a more terrible replacement, but who knows? Yeah, you um, know, talk, talking about that uh, real quick, you know, I, I I can't remember if I said this uh on air any time recently, but I, I was talking to someone and I mentioned it, it. If it ends up being Trump versus Biden again next year on the on the at the top of each ticket, it'll be the first time since 1956 that we've had a repeat from one election to the next. Now, obviously, everybody knows my view that it's not an election; it's a selection; it's a pretend election. And you know, when I was a kid, I used to love to pretend. I had quite the imagination, but as an adult, I don't really like pretending. So. I don't pretend to vote. I will vote if my vote counts, and it's not all a big fake out. But uh, when they tell you you're voting, but you're really not, they're just you know depositing your vote into the cyberspace garbage can. Uh, to me, I just refuse to be made a fool of. So either way, it makes for good theater, though. And that's what's fascinating to me is to kind of see who they plan to select based on who they put forward to run in the pretend election. And, uh, you know, I can't figure it out yet. I don't know if you have any more insight, but, you know, with, with Trump, I just cannot figure out what's going on with all of that. But I completely agree with you that there's a, a, a growing sense and a trajectory here that Biden is going to be cast aside. I just, I just, yes. you know, he it's one thing for him to be a puppet. And of course, I understand they're all puppets, but he's truly a like, you know, a puppet who simply does, you know, has no mind of his own. Uh, and and it's one so it's one thing to be that, but it's another thing when you start embarrassing them, as you pointed out, and you can, you know, you you know, you actually can do them harm. So I I don't know what they're going to do. I think time will tell. It's early yet, um, but I, I think what's simmering beneath the surface, as we've talked about many times. Uh, is a some type of global well let me put this some type of national crisis that causes the u.s to jump on board the globalist agenda and uh literally and and brings to the end our national sovereignty and that type that unfreezing event could include and probably will include some implications for the 2024 election uh so i you know get a good seat pop some popcorn sit back and watch it's going to be really interesting uh every month that goes by the closer we get to november of 2024 if the lord doesn't come back which would be you know you know quite the uh, you know, quite the preferred event, and we always want to look up and be watchful. But uh, if the Lord does not come back soon, it's going to be quite the show. Well, I have two questions. From which prison will they hold their debates? Secondly, how do you put two presidents with Secret Service protection for life in prison? 
Yeah. Now, anybody see a problem with this? I mean, are we going to build a special place for them, a special island? Or are we just going to po- put them both in the loony bend and, you know, have lunch while they're at it? Yeah, uh, I, I mean... I tell you what, there's still a whole contingent out there. I ran into someone else at this conference that asked me about it that thinks that, you know, there's these tribun- secret tribunals being held down in Gitmo and Trump's really still in charge and all of this, uh, you know, charges against him and the indictments is all just a smokescreen, but he's really running the country. And before long, the White Hats are going to come in and haul off Obama and Hillary and Biden and Kamala to, you know, to prison. And I tell you what, that's just uh, the depth of deception that would is needed to get people to believe that is is beyond me yet it just it it shows you what paul meant when he said deception's getting worse and worse in second timothy 313 but don't fall for it don't believe it i don't know why they're doing what they're doing to trump and it troubles me from a from a you know democratic republic perspective where you can simply you know imprison and arrest your political opponents but he he's not the hero. He's not the, the knight in shining armor. He's as dirty as them all. And he was a pawn in the game in 2016 that they used to roll out the control of virus scamdemic and the, uh, the gene altering bioinjection. Uh, and I feel like my take was in 2020, they were through with him. And that's why they selected Biden. But now that he seems to still be dominating the news cycle every day, I can't help but think they're planning for him to play a role next year of some kind. Uh, But uh, I'm not holding my breath that Biden's going to be arrested uh, because that would require true justice and uh, true, you know, fairness in our criminal system. And we haven't had that for a long time. No, that's very true. The thing is, out of 324 million in our population, if these are the two best we can find, then what does that tell us? I mean, that's the most pathetic. I've always thought most of the people running for government, probably semi-honest, maybe not too smart, but these two buffoons, I got to tell you what, it makes us a laughing stock across the world and everybody knows it and everybody's saying it now. Now, Homeland Security, bless their soul, uh, has come out with a new paper. It's called Guidance for the Use of AI for Surveillance, Monitoring, and tracking American citizens. Now, after meeting with some of my cohorts this weekend, I will guarantee you they're tracking everything you say, everything you write, and they are building special places for us. When Monkey Works says he's never seen this many surveys in his life, there's good reason for it. They are tracking all of the troublemakers. They are getting ready for it because they're going to have to do it somewhat stealthily because they don't have the military and the manpower to do it all at once. So they'll be, they're going to be sneaky about it. But when our own government is giving guidance on something like this, that raises the hair on the back of my neck. I mean, who's the target audience? Who, who are they giving this guidance to? Big tech, big, big, you know, pharma. I mean, who, who are they giving it to the average citizen? They're giving giving this, this paper was made for the military and for the government agencies, the alphabet boys, the CIA, NIS, you know, FBI, all the rest of them. So when they're writing a paper about it, it just about telegraphs exactly what they're going to do. And I think it's going to happen fairly soon. And I'll give you a few reasons why. On the food supply, we have mentioned many times all of the mysterious fires all of the collapses, all of the train wrecks and everything else. Now, there are 200 food processing processing plants 
that have been destroyed since the first of the year. Some of these are huge. So that's going to decrease the supply of food. All right. When you remove that much food, we're also going to have major shortages of corn, rice, oil, let's see, olive oil, and a couple of other things that are going to be in the neighborhood of 20 to 30% for a reduction. In other words, everything you see at the grocery store now is going to go up greatly in price in the next month. They figure 10 to 15%, but then you're going to start seeing it disappear more every month. So if you're going to get food supplies and stuff, get them now while you could afford them. Because I find that when I go to the store, there are less things available every time. And the price is ridiculous. I mean, I... I was at a coin store the other day. This elderly gentleman walked in, he had a bunch of silver quarters and a bunch of silver dimes. And he counted them out, got his money for it. And, I, and we said, so what are you going to get? He said, I'm going to buy groceries. Mm. That was the only money he had. Mm. Now, he's, he's not an isolated case. Mm-mm. I go in there and I see people with their calculators figuring out what they can have, what they can't have, putting things back on the shelf. And I'm going, it's not even bad yet. China is hoarding food as fast as they can. Russia is cutting supplies. Everybody, India's cutting supplies. And after traveling through Nebraska, the crops do not look good at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you used to see big cornfields. You see them chopping it for silage instead of for corn. Mm. Now, if the wheat crop is as bad as it was, um, soybeans for oil and stuff, we're, we're, we're in big trouble. Because from what I'm getting from everybody I talk to, we don't know the half of it. We've talked before about the big caves that have the semis rolling in every day that things are being stored. They're not being stored for us. They are for government storage and for the rich and elite. Yeah. And I I saw on our recent trip to Oklahoma City for the Prophecy Watchers um, interviews that we did, I think last weekend before last, uh, you know, we we, and we see this a lot. Anybody that's out, you know, driving around, you're going to see it, especially if you're in a big city. But, you know, we were at a a gas station uh, stopped on on, off on the interstate and we saw a young lady uh, uh, come up and, and she had a a uh, gas can in her hand. And she said, Hey, would you mind as I was pumping the gas, uh, would you mind filling this up? Well, you know, I I don't mind helping people buy gas or buy groceries. If the Lord puts it on my heart, I don't generally like to give cash to people because, you know, you're just afraid they're going to go use it on drugs or alcohol or something else. But uh, in this case, I said, sure. Yeah. Put it right down here. So I filled up her gas can and then I watched and she went right over to her car parked to kind of a ways off from the gas pumps and poured it right into her car. And so I thought, wow, that's, that's really something. And so then we finished up, uh, went inside uh, to use the restroom, came back out when, and I, you know, jumped in the car and we, as we were pulling out, I saw her approaching someone else with that gas can. And I thought knowing what she's doing, that she's actually getting the gas, actually pouring it into her car. I rolled down my window and said, Hey, you know, come here, where, where are you headed? she said, well, I'm trying to make my way, uh, to California. This was in, we were in Kansas at the time headed to Oklahoma she, she she was headed west. I'm trying to make my way to California where I'm going to uh, catch a flight and go stay with some friends in Hawaii. And I said, uh, well, 
you know, tell you what, let me, uh, let me fill your car up. You don't have to do it, you know, can by can. I mean, I, obviously she, I'm making some assumptions here, but I think she realized that if she just asked people for money, it might not go as well. Whereas if she asked them to fill up her gas can, they're more likely to do it just as I was. And so I just said, here, let me fill up your car. And then, you know, I, it just broke my heart because she was about the age of some of my daughters. And it's just, you could tell she was, she was having a rough time. And, and I just feel like that's a picture in, in a small microcosm of what life's going to be like when the economy collapses completely and people are out uh, begging bread. Don't you think, Randy? Yes, definitely. I mean, in a, in supposedly the wealthiest nation in the world, where we can afford to give $150 billion to Mr. Zelensky in the Ukraine, you would think we'd have a little bit for us left over, mm. wouldn't you? Mm. I mean, we, we're like a slot machine with that guy, and we're paying for nothing because most of it's probably given to his cronies, and it breaks my heart. But, I, you know, what do you do about that? Um, you know, it's really disheartening because when I talk to the economists and I talk to the financial advisor, advisors, we had a very frank discussion. I said, how much longer do we have? They said, well, the government can manipulate it for a while, but they said by Christmas, the bottom could fall out. Mm. That's three months away. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of time. They're going, you know, you've got uh, the digitalization of the money. You have cash disappearing. You have the ultra poor. You have the middle class becoming poor because they can't afford their house payments, can't afford their car payments. And I can see it falling very quickly because you can tell things are getting tense because Japan and China are dumping every treasury they have. Now, Japan's a good ally and a good friend, but they're dumping them as fast as they can without bottoming out the market and they're buying gold. Mm. Japan is our ally. China, by no means, is our ally. We're going to get into a little bit more on China in a couple of minutes because we are already at war with China. We just don't understand it yet. But I think we will here in just a couple of minutes. All right. Everybody gets shook about all the missiles being taken down the highways and stuff. So like I told them, the missiles you see on the highway basically are replenishing the 50 that Obama gave up during his administration because of the START Treaty. These are not new missiles. These are the old missiles, and basically they're just being put back in their silos. Now, what concerns me is we're going from one warhead to three warheads on each missile. So where we had will have 450, we actually have 1,350 missiles available. Mm. Now, when you start looking at the flashpoints we're going to talk about, Somebody's getting, it costs a fortune to move this stuff and put them together. Somebody is preparing for all out war. And I have a feeling we're going to be finding out very soon who that is. Um, so if you see it happening, just understand we're not going to war right now, hopefully, but they're preparing for it. And when they get the preparations going, you know, it'll take them a couple months unless we're going to suffer a sneak attack or something like that but you know i watch i watch the aircraft every day and i notice that we have a lot of important people going from dc to stratcom in omaha and that plane does not go back that tells me somebody's either in the bunkers 
or they're doing something there. They're also going to Raven Rock and other places. So they're preparing. Think back to the senators with these satellite phones. Think about all that's happening. They know far more than we do that something is about ready to blow. So, you know, don't don't waste your time not taking care of everything you need. Do it now. All right. The NATO defense ministers just adjourned their meeting today. It was an emergency meeting. I can only imagine what they're going over. And the Fed is meeting again, I believe, on the 21st, in which case they're going to try and decide if they want to raise interest rates or if they don't. Now, I don't think they're going to raise interest rates right now because they want us all to believe that the inflation is around 2 or 3%, which doesn't give them a good cause to do it. But I think they will raise the rates one more time before the end of the year. And then after the first of the year, because it's an election, I think they're going to go back to zero as far as an interest rate within the first six months, which will cause hyperinflation. Now, hyperinflation, most people don't really understand it because they, when Venezuela, Venezuela was suffering from the hyperinflation in other countries, uh, your dollar, all of a sudden it's worth $1,000, but you can't buy anything with it. You know, the prices go up accordingly, but your wages do not. So you're going to be behind on every bill you have. You're going to be giving up your house. You're going to give up your autos. They're squeezing us into where we where they want us to be. Um, China is in big trouble. China could go belly up with just one push. And I think they're looking for a war. China the other day had 103 planes circling Taiwan in nine ships. Now, they've never had that amount of aircraft there before. Yesterday, I believe it was 51 aircraft and four ships. But they're, I don't know if they're looking at a blockade, if they're looking at a blocking maneuver to keep the U.S. fleet out of there. But nobody has ever seen them launch that many aircraft, bombers, fighters, recon planes. They're planning something. We know that it's got to be. We talked a couple of weeks ago about the sleeper cells in the United Kingdom. Uh, they have been activated. In the United Kingdom, there are large tent cities being erected. The biggest one appears to be in Dover, and all the workers are wearing hazmat suits. Now, that tells me they're dealing with a problem they haven't told us about yet. So what about the United States? Where is it? I'm sure it's occurring here, but where is it at? So things are going on. They don't tell us, but we do know that the Chinese have thousands of spies in the United States. The Russians do, too. We know they have access to biologicals. They manufactured their own. But what really gets me is there are 10,000 Chinese scientists that have gone back to China in the last three months. Now, hmm. why'd they go back? Are they being hired to take part? Are they being told something is going to happen? Uh, we see ambassadors in different countries going back to their countries. Uh, Mexico, for crying out loud, is having the Chinese defense minister spend this week with them while Mexico celebrates its birthday. Hmm. They've never had relations with China before. So they're getting cozy. You know, they're looking at the BRICS nations. They want to join BRICS nations. Uh, they're going to be over there also. 
And then I look just a little bit further. We've talked about Azerbaijan and Armenia several weeks. Azerbaijan last night launched a full-scale attack against Armenia. Hmm. Now, it used to be that the Iranians wanted the Azerbaijans to win. The Turks would supply and would basically support Armenia. But I noticed on watching the aircraft that an aircraft went from Moscow to Armenia to Turkey back to Moscow. Now, that tells me that Putin or one of his henchmen have told Erdogan what's going on. Stand down. This is what we're going to do. And those 120,000 Christians in Armenia are going to be annihilated. Nobody yeah. is there for their defense. The United States has got a few troops there, but we're not going to intervene. We know that. Yeah, remember, in the lead up to the tribulation, whatever else happens, we've got to see a global crisis that you know, the Antichrist can come in and uh, to, you know, provide a solution for. And I was talking to Bill Salas about this over the weekend, and and I love I love him. He's one of the smartest guys I know. He, you know, we don't always see eye to eye on the details of every biblical prophecy, but I really respect him tremendously, and he he's thoroughly biblical. I mean, he can quote scripture like you, you wouldn't believe. And so he was talking about how the military aspect of you know, the global conflagration will pretty much be behind us by the time the Antichrist takes over, and that really the treaty is going to be more about uh, just giving Israel the right to, to go back and, and, and worship in their land and all that. It's not necessarily going to be a military treaty as much as it is a religious treaty, which makes a lot of sense to me as you see things unfolding. But, you know, whatever happens, the Antichrist is going to be a peace broker of some kind. It, it it may not be, the treaty may not be the cause of the peace, but it's certainly going to happen within the context of peace. And the first three and a half years are going of the tribulation are going to be a time when uh, God is outpouring, you know, his judgments, and it's going to be a very paranormal and uh, supernatural time. But there won't be, at least in my estimation, a whole lot of global military conflict going on, because I think that's going to all happen in the lead up to that, either before the rapture or between the rapture and the start of the tribulation. But either way, that's what the stage seems to be being set for. But in connection with that and the hyperinflation you you talked about possibly coming next year, you know, I just I feel like they're setting the stage for some type of of savior. You know, uh, my one of my old pr professors used to say that during the tribulation, the world will think of the Antichrist as a divine savior, but actually he's going to be a demonic slaughterer. And I think that's what the stage is being set for, is a someone to be a, quote, divine savior who's not really divine, they're a fake, uh, to come in. But in order to do that, you've got to have a crisis. So you've got to collapse things before you can begin to build back better. And so I think all of these things... Uh, are setting the stage for that. Uh, remember what Gerald Salente always says, uh, if, when people lose everything, they lose it. So if you're having to sell your precious metals just to buy groceries, like the example you gave, or if you know, you're know you know you're having to just uh, beg your way across the continent to get to where you're going, um, you know these are not happy times. And, and as they get worse, we're going to see an upsurge in in violence and civil unrest. And all of those things uh, kind of paving the way for somebody to come in with a solution. But the only real solution, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ, as we know. But uh, yeah, I just I can I can see a scenario politically where 
next year, uh, you know, hyperinflation takes over and things are so bad that it's almost like, you know, the end of the 70s all over again, where, you know, Reagan, who was their selection then, comes in and, you know, is the hero for getting the economy back in shape, which he really didn't. He just, you know, increased our debt exponentially. It was unbelievable. Um, but I could see a scenario where, you know, Biden is the the scapegoat for an economy that is completely imploded and then they bring in a new hero i don't think that would be trump i mean again i can't figure that piece of the puzzle out yet it's too early to tell but i could see some other actor you know playing a role in this script who comes in and and is supposedly going to rescue uh, the economy. And I'm not suggesting that person's going to be the candidate for the Antichrist. I'm just saying that these types of scenarios where you've got trouble and you need the globalists and Satan's earthly accomplices to rescue us from it are happening with greater frequency, all as a precursor uh, to the, the tribulation someday. Definitely. You know, Erdogan, again, applied to the Euro European Union. He's always wanted to be a member. They refused him again. They said, as long as your civil rights abuses continue and you do not follow the rule of law, we're not interested. Erdogan then said, well, looks like I'm going to be done with the European Union. So here comes that Russia-Turkey bond back, like we've talked about before. It's going to be worse than ever. The problem is that the Incirlik Air Base, which is a NATO base in Turkey, the United States has between 30 and 50 nukes that are basically for the uh, B-52s, the other aircraft there, and he won't let those loose. He said, you don't need to remove them. You can just keep them there. Hmm. So he's holding nuclear weapons hostage when everything else is going on in the world. The wars are starting to heat up. He's, he's beside himself because they're broke. So I look for him to get out of NATO very quickly. Um, you know, we've talked about that. He goes, he seesaws back and forth, but I think he's at wit's end. Uh, when he gets out of NATO, he will probably align himself immediately with the Russians. And then we're going to have problems because since Istanbul is the place where the Bosphorus and the Dardanelles are, the Black Sea Fleet belonging to the Russians can't move to the Mediterranean. But as soon as Erdogan is in the Soviet sphere, the Russian sphere, um, They'll be able to go back and forth as they want to. They've always wanted to get into the Mediterranean. And then if you look at the attack of Gog Magog, they basically come in from the Mediterranean to the west part of Israel. So it is all lining up perfectly to have it happen, just like the Bible says. You know, time-wise, who, who knows? But everything is being set, and I worry that it's going to be sooner than we think. And I keep thinking the good Lord's going to rapture us out of here, and we're not going to have to worry about this. Hmm. But then we find out the British cruise missiles, basically what took out the ships around Crimea belonging to the Russians. The NATO commander wants $300,000 quick react or 300,000 person quick reaction squad, and he wants a force of three and a half million people. Now, how do you get three and a half million people from 35 nations? They don't speak the same language. They don't have the same weapons. And I'm going, you know, it's a pipe dream. It's not going to happen. Hmm. But then Vice President Pence comes up and says, I think the United States should consider sending troops to the Ukraine. And I'm thinking, did he just lose his mind? 
why would we ever ever do that hmm. i i can't I, I can't imagine then yesterday the uh, united states marines were flying two f35s across the country all of a sudden one of the pilots started having problems ejected and the plane flew off the um other plane that was with him turned around and went back to base. Now, they have found an area that looks like the plane crashed. There's no plane there. They have a debris field, but in looking at the photos, looks to me like somebody took out a match, burned an area, and made it try to look like an airplane, like in 9-11 when they crashed in Pennsylvania. But there's really nothing to look at. So now, where, where was that? Because I, I didn't get a chance to look at that. I just heard the headline. Is that in the continental United States? Yes. The plane that crash ended up in South Carolina. So, I mean, it seems like it wouldn't be that hard to find an F-35 that crashed and burned in South Carolina. I mean, I mean, they I don't... were so <laughs> desperate to find it. They put on an appeal to the public. Please help us find our airplane. We don't know where it ended up. It ended up 80 miles away. Now, with stealth technology, I can understand the radar not picking it up. But the F-35, since that stupid thing was built at 80 million a pop, has had problem after problem. Why can't they just, you know, I mean, they have satellites all over the place. Why can't they just review the satellite footage for smoke billowing up from some wooded area or wherever it crashed? I mean, obviously, the, the assumption is it didn't crash in a populated area or presumably people would know about it. So it must have, you know, crashed in a in an unpopulated area, a rural area. So they have you know, 24 seven satellite footage, just call it up and have pay some analysts to sit there and watch it. And where you see all of a sudden the smoke appears, isn't that, I mean, I'm not an expert, but it seems like I just, I just find it hard to believe that they could, that, you know, I could see if it crashed in the ocean, like, you know, Malaysia flight 370 or something that that's a little trickier. I get it. Although I think we know the true story behind that airline, but, you know, to think of a, you know, a, a, a military jet you know, the pilot ejects. So, you know, where that happened, you know, presumably he's GPS tracked, you know, where he ejected. And then you just look at the satellite footage from that general area where it, where you, you ought to be able to find it. I, I have a hard time believing they couldn't find it. Well, unless of course, that's not where it ended up being right. a stealth aircraft. It could have ended up anywhere, but here's the problem. All right. The other plane that's flying side by side turns around and goes back to base why didn't it follow that plane to see where it was going to end up and find out if it was going to have to take it down in case it's going to a populated area, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that yeah. make sense? But no, here's the problem. All right, it's had problems with software, and we know that, and they have admitted that the uh, software problems have never been fixed. They've known about it for three years. They know it's been something that could be hacked. They have never fixed them. So now they're grounding them, but they did that before. So they're trying to ground these aircraft. They're going to fix the software problems. We don't know where this one went, but we also lost one in Japan a few years ago. They never found them. Hmm. Now, where are they going? And I'm going, you know what? The F-35 with his software and the AI that they use basically will hook up with the Aegis cruisers and the battlefield will all be run by AWACS and those type of situations. Now, we know that the Chinese can interfere with the launch codes of our missiles, our ground-based missiles. I will bet you a dollar that they interfered 
here also. They either hacked it, controlled it, or whatever. But I'll bet you we never find anything as far as pieces of an F-35. So I say that I think we're really at war with China because I go back to Lahaina. The more I look at that, the more that fire, you know, we we call them different things, but I think lasers are actually what started those fires. Um, I'm looking at the different wattages that you would have to use, the different colors that they use. I look at the um, positioning that they did about a month before with the green lasers, and I'm going, I'm sure that was a test for the Chinese there. And I think the Chinese interfered here. They're getting rid of our securities. They're getting ready to attack Taiwan. They control the medications. They control the rare earths. I think we're at war. We just don't know it yet. Well, that could very well be the case. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, Leo Holman talks about that a lot. You know, the a war takes on different forms. And, and, and a lot of times before the first shot is officially fired, you've been at war for uh, quite a while. But fortunately, uh, was it the DHS you said that's put out these, uh, you know, guidelines for, you know, tracking, uh, tracking yes. people? So, you know, the DHS is on the job. They're going to help us, uh, help us, you know, navigate these unsettling times. That's, to me, that's a bit like, you know, the, the, the Fox putting out, uh, you know, a user's manual for the security system on the chicken coop. It's like, you know, yeah, you know, why would you, why would you trust anything these foxes at Homeland Security say? I just, I don't get it. Well, they can't track an $80 million aircraft, but they can track <laughs> our car and our cell phone. That's right. Now, as far as October 4th goes, when we have this big notification, my phone goes off at noon. Hmm. They say it's going to go over every electronic instrument piece that you have, computers, telephones, radios, TV. Now, I, yeah, I'm, my phone's going off because well, I don't know what they're going to do and what they're going to track, but I don't trust them. Well, I'm hoping you'll be with me in Oklahoma because I'll be arriving at uh, Norman that night to set up the next day for the for the Prophecy Watchers Conference. And at one point, I know you were hoping to go. Then we can, you know, we can uh endure meet, meet, together meet in the air yeah. yeah there you go yeah wouldn't it be really nice if they could get us both in one area that'd be great i like that <laughs> idea last thing i have the nipah virus it was in india that's now swarming all over the world supposedly you know we've only known about it for a couple of months but take heart they have a vaccine for it they think will work now vaccines take three to five years to get ready so i'm thinking they knew this was coming also so, you know, I'm looking at fall and winter being miserable. You know, gas and yeah. oil are going up. Food is going to be scarce. Uh, we're going to have to worry about all this other crap. I mean, there could be an F-35 in my backyard. And I wouldn't know it until, you know, until it crashed. But it's kind of like, I don't understand how you lose an $80 million aircraft. But we talk about, what was it, Flight 370 or 307? Yeah, seventy. yeah. There's always been a prevailing theory that it ended up in Kazakhstan or however you pronounce it. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me at all to be used later with a transponder that they could pre-program to bring a flying weapon into some city. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that was one of the early theories of MH370, but I'm pretty sure they shot it down. There's a lot of evidence that there were some of those AWACs and other things right around there at that time. And there's a connection to the payload that was on the the uh, even though it was a, a domestic flight, they often use domestic flights to to transport uh, commercial goods. And there was a payload on there that was uh, going to basically out some things China was doing. So I, I don't know. I think the best. Uh, I, I studied it quite a bit a long time ago. It's all kind of sketchy in my head at this point, but as best yeah. I remember, there was pretty strong evidence that it was uh, that it was shot down. But anyway, well, I tell you what, um, you know, uh, any any closing thoughts before I turn back to scripture here to kind of hopefully get our blood pressure down a bit? The scariest thing is when the government says we're here to help, run, <laughs> run through right. hills, run through your tunnel, run wherever you got to go because. They're proving they're lying about everything. You cannot trust them. Expect the worst, and I don't think you'll be disappointed. Yeah, on our video series, our most recent DVD series that we have available, it's also available as a streaming content. It's called What in the World's Going On? We have a whole one one of those videos. It's eight eight videos, 13 hours total. But one of them is called Can You Trust the Government? And that's what popped into my mind when you said that. But I encourage people to check that out. It's uh, it's you know it covers a lot of uh, you know pretty important information. But yeah, you know someone came up to me this weekend at the conference and was talking about the the Nika and the Zika and the different you know leprosy and all these different things that seem to be you know coming in the news lately. I just feel like they're telegraphing that there's going to be some multi pronged crisis that's going to make COVID seem like a walk in the park before it's all said and done. So uh, that's yes. why we need to keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. And, uh, you know, going back to that passage in Isaiah 46, uh, you know, where the whole chapter is kind of built upon the end of chapter 45 there when it, you know, when it talked about, uh, you know, you know, are you, you know, our God is far superior to any God that you have to carry in your pocket or wear around your uh, neck. And I love what Warren Wiersbe said, he said, let me ask you a question. Is your religion carrying you or are you carrying your religion? And uh, someone said, uh, a, a, a colleague that I really respect, uh, Charlie Dyer, he said, there are two kinds of gods in this world, the kind you carry and the one who can carry you. So if you're out there listening to this program today and you're putting your trust in some type of sacramentalism or some type of religion or baptism or some other, you know, uh, man-made works-based religion, let me tell you, let go of it all, set it aside and come to Jesus, the only one who can forgive sin and give you the gift of eternal life. And he purchased that life with his own shed blood when he died and rose again. So uh, I don't know how far the reach is of this podcast. I know we reach several thousand every week, and then it it stays out there, and people are always going back and listening to other uh, episodes of this, especially our World Events Update, Randy, because they love to hear what you have to say. So if, if by God's providence you're listening to this program today and you don't know for certain that you'll spend eternity in heaven when you die, let me make it really, really simple for you. Uh, it's a matter of faith. Who are you trusting or what are you trusting to get you into heaven. The only one who can forgive sin and give you the gift of eternal life is God's Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Trust in Him and Him alone uh, today. And remember the words of Isaiah. Uh, God says, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none 
like me. So, Randy, thanks so much uh, for joining us today. What a blessing, as always. Folks, uh, check out notbyworks.org. Uh, you can uh, you know, sign up for our newsletter. You can keep up with all of our podcasts. Uh, we have over 700 podcasts available there going back the last year or two. Uh, we've got uh, videos. All the videos from the conference this weekend are posted. I look forward to a couple more podcasts this week. We're going to try to post on uh, Thursday, Dr. Hickson Answers Your Questions, Episode 9. And then on Friday, we've got Shane on to talk about the hidden dangers of AI. Please help uh, get the word out about Spirit of the False Prophet, Rise of the Global Technocracy, my latest book. You can check it out at spiritofthefalseprophet.org. Well, God bless you, everyone. Have a great rest of the week.